1: Welcome to the Fix Your Sciatica podcast, where we meet with experts and clients and discuss how to manage your sciatica and low back pain without the use of medications or surgery. I'm your host, Dr. Ashley Mack, and I'm a physical therapist, as well as the founder of FixYourSciatica.com, a go-to resource for pain management. When you're dealing with pain, the only thing you can focus on is getting out of that pain. But when we get past that point, what happens? what do we do to make sure that the pains that we're experiencing never come back or minimize the impact of it returning? And that's where human resiliency comes in. And today's episode is a very special guest of mine. We've known each other. We've been in the same circle for a couple of years, but we finally got an opportunity to meet this year is Kevin Wood. And Kevin is an expert on human resiliency and actually has his own podcast all about this subject. So Kevin, thank you so much for being on today's episode.
0: Man, I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me, Ashley. It's it's awesome.
1: It's the it's so awesome. And I want to be able to make sure that the listeners know a little bit more about you. So instead of me just talking this entire time, Kevin, <laughs> tell us a little bit more about yourself and how did you become an expert on hu- human resistance? Uh, sorry. How did you become an expert on human resilience?
0: Right on. This is the hardest part actually is talking about myself, but uh, I'll go for it. So again, Kevin Wood, um, I've been a 14-year owner of CrossFit Moncton. Um, I guess some people say that we're one of the OGs of uh, of CrossFit. So it's cool to hear. Um, Certified level CrossFit, uh, level three CrossFit trainer. There's very few people in the CrossFit sphere that, that have that designation. And I'm actually looking forward to getting my CrossFit level four, uh, hopefully this year. Uh, Prior to that, though, I was a physical uh, education teacher. So I went through university as, you know, kinesiology and education and did that for five years uh, prior to opening up my own CrossFit gym. I've also been coaching weightlifting at a local, provincial, and even national level. I'm also a national level uh, weightlifting referee. And while all of that looks really nice on paper, it's... It's also helping people become more capable in their daily lives. And that's really what, what I do day in and day out. Like that's, that's really it. And over these last 14, almost 20 years now in in this, in the space, you know, I've seen people reduce their blood pressure, you know, increase their bone density, gain muscle, lose fat, all, all the things, right. You know, people have come into our, our space here, experiencing pains, back pains, you name it. And now they're able to actually live a normal life. They can go out and do the things they want to do when they want to do them without fear. And I think a lot of people that are currently experiencing pain kind of get stuck. There's that, there's a gap, a big bridge that they need to kind of go over. And I'm hoping that through this podcast, we can help bridge that gap for
1: them. For the listeners out there, uh Kevin was talking about the the OG CrossFit. So a fun fact about CrossFit and its CrossFit affiliate gyms. Um, I think it was probably around mid to late 2010s, which actually CrossFit prevented CrossFit gyms from actually saying CrossFit and the town or city that they represent, right? So CrossFit Moncton. Yeah. So if yeah. you ever go to any one of these gyms where it says CrossFit. Um, well, yeah, CrossFit Moncton is the name of the town that it's in. You know, that that affiliate, that gym has been around for a long period of time. Um, and especially given the, um, the challenges from the pandemic, uh, if you still, if you go to these gyms that are named after the town, you know, that they're a pretty well-established gym and they've been around for a while because ever after like 2015, every other gym actually had to be called something different aside from the town that they're in. So you should be very proud of yourself. Um, with that. So, um, and with that being the case, like you're up in Canada, it's very cold up there. Um, I think cold exposure and just being able to weather the storm and handle all the elements, all the challenges is definitely a really big key to being resilient. But I think uh, the concept of resiliency is uh, can be a little unique from person to person, but being an expert and being able to help people become even more resilient, I would love for you to share what. Your definition is, or how would someone describe what resiliency is?
0: So it's funny you ask that's, it's such a hard question to answer. And I've interviewed dozens of people asking them that same question. And I have received as many different answers as I have interviewed people. And honestly, I have yet to nail it down to like a one liner. I, I do not have it yet because I am still discovering what it is. And so I have some concepts that I can kind of go over that I think make up the concept of resiliency, but as, as a, like, this is the definition, I don't really like the definition that it says in the dictionary. It just says the ability to bounce back. Okay. Well, well from what, and is it bouncing back to where you were, or is it bouncing back to a new you? And so there's so many different variables when it comes to that. Um, but some of the things that I consider part of resiliency, I think there's three main pillars when it comes to our own, you know, personal health. And these pillars are fitness, nutrition, and mindset. And mindset's a really huge bucket. Like that's, we can really expand that out into like your environment and not just how you think, but how you respond to, you know, different, um, emotional responses, things like that. Um, But basically with the fitness nutrition mindset pillars, we can subjectively and sometimes objectively um, rank them on a scale of one to 10. So just as a little thought experiment, let's do it with with you for your fitness rank, what you feel you would be on a resiliency scale of one to 10, one being low, 10 being high.
1: I would say... I would say at around a seven. Um, okay, cool. Definitely, definitely, way better than being low. But um, I mean, as with most business owners, uh, we can always improve on our fitness. Um, on sure. A
0: basis. And what about your nutrition?
1: Nutrition, I would say I'm actually kind of like an eight or nine. Uh, we nice. live out here in California. We live in the the farmers' market capital of the. Oh this. wow! We are we are so spoiled on the best veggies and the best meats, which I pride ourselves in. Um, yeah,
0: that's cool. And what about mindset?
1: Mindset? Um, I would say for me, probably around a five, I get a lot of self-doubt. I think that's where the biggest, uh, biggest thing is, which is why I try to keep enhancing my knowledge and keep pushing, but it's always that self-doubt is what pushes me to get more.
0: All right. So with that being said, now we have numbers that we can kind of work with and start with, and everybody can do this. Like Anybody listening, you can give yourself or write it down. Though you you can't just think about it; you have to write it down, and then it's real. What can you do to take it from for for fitness, for example? If you're a seven, what can you do to take it to an eight? It's not what can you do to take it to a ten, and that's where a lot of people get stuck. They think that that gap is so big that they get stuck, and they're like, "I can't make that leap. It's too big. I, I can't do it." But if you gave yourself a two. What can you do to make yourself a three? And that's it. It's a small step. And I could almost guarantee, you know, what you could do. It's, it's not a huge thing. There's something you can do and you already know what it is. It's just a matter of deciding that it's time to do that. And if you're, if you set a one, like, let's say you're in some deep pain, a one to go to a two might be reach out and contact a physical therapist or a physiotherapist and that's step one and that's going to help you get to a two and then once you're there then we can start talking about how it's going to get to a three but that's those are the components that i feel are important when it comes to talking about resiliency is your fitness nutrition and mindset and when you hone in on each one of those you become a well-balanced well-rounded individual and you can lead a more resilient life
1: We are going to take a quick break to tell you about our awesome new program called the Sciatica Protocol. If you don't have the time to see a professional but are tired of trying to figure out this recovery on your own, then the Sciatica Protocol is for you. Harness the power of a knowledgeable physical therapist through your phone. It takes no more than seven minutes per day and it is designed to help you recover as quickly as possible. It is simple to start and all you need to do is log into ifixyoursciatica.com forward slash the dash sciatica dash protocol and fill out the nine question quiz to begin. The link for the program is in today's show notes. I really love that. I think when people go through this, and we talked about this on your podcast before, I think that as we evolve into the, and we are deep into the age of information, I think the the human mind and even just american society like we're north american society we get so excited about all the super bright shiny objects all the things that we can get done you have this endless list of things that you can do to make yourself better both health and mindset wise and i love the fact that you actually simplified it into three specific pillars which you have fitness nutrition and mindset and i look at it and saying okay well what what are these the, these pillars? What What's another word for them? And so as you were telling me this, I was thinking, okay, well, fitness. Like fitness, well, let's talk about nutrition. Nutrition is actually what can you do to control and improve the things that you put in your body. So that's eating, drinking, all that stuff. Fitness is what are things that you can improve the the output of your body, the amount of work that you can do, the things that you do with yourself. And then the third piece is mindset. And I think mindset often gets overlooked. Because a lot of people think mindset, you just gotta be a really tough person, you gotta push yourself past this. Pain is just something that you ignore. But I think in in my eyes, mindset is really more so a way of how you receive. The, the environment, how you receive the world, how you perceive the world. And then it all falls on the aspect of what are you able to put out and what you're able to put out is really based on what you put in your body. So they kind of all work together. And I love that simplicity because we can get so overwhelmed by complexity, by so much information And even just like this podcast, we're giving you a lot of information, but the goal is for you to be able to take action on that. And the difference between a successful person in whatever endeavors that they want to do versus an unsuccessful person is the ability to take action. And so um, listeners, if you've been listening to so many of these episodes or even any other podcast, and you haven't taken any action aside from just ingesting more information you have permission to actually do something um whether it be calling uh one of us or reaching out and saying for help or even and the goal is by the end of this episode that you're going to have at least three action steps to make yourself more resilient and so i'm just giving you permission at that point um but Kevin, I think we talked about this a little briefly, but let's talk about the importance like resiliency. We we know that it's important. We know that it's a very uh, key part of being a human in society and also being a, a person in our family. Um, but why is it so important in your eyes? Why is it so important for us to be resilient?
0: So before I answer that, I want to just jump back a little bit because part of that mindset, you you kind of led into it. It's also there's some less talked about aspects of that mental resiliency that that we don't hear about so often. And it's about being vulnerable, learning how to say no, and learning how to ask for help. Those are like, like you said, when you think mental resilience, you think grit, tough, I can weather any storm. Okay. That's one side of the spectrum, but we have to look at the entire spectrum. And so being vulnerable, saying no, learning how to ask for help. Those are also very important aspects of that mental resiliency that we need to consider. So- going into the next question. Um, If, so why is it so important? If you are faced with physical, mental, social, emotional, or spiritual adversity, also known as stress, and stress can come in all of those different forms, can you deal with it? And that's it. That's why it's important. I don't know a single person that has gotten this far in life. So I'm 42, you're probably younger. <laughs> I don't know anybody that's at my age that has yet to experience any physical, mental, social, emotional, or spiritual challenges, period. We all deal with it often on a daily basis. How well can you deal with that? That's that's why resiliency is so important and you can build that. So basically, can you come out of those challenges or those stressful situations relatively unscathed? That's, that's how I would see it. And so I see, I see it kind of on that, that spectrum again, if you're, you're ranking your physical or your fitness, nutrition, and mindset, you know, one, two, or three out of 10, then when you get hit with something hard, either physically, mentally, socially, emotionally, you name it, you're not going to be able to respond to that as effectively as somebody who ranked themselves higher, seven, eight, nine, or even a 10. And so that's why I think it's so important to build up those three pillars because it hedges you against all of those challenges that we are, not that you might, that you are going to experience in your life. And like you said, we live in the, the great white North up here and the the cold definitely plays an aspect into some people's lives and and mental states. You know, it gets a lot darker here and it's when it's dark and cold, people go dark and cold, so.
1: Yeah, I love how you put it. I, you put, you, you said this term, talking about hedging, um, which, uh, I mean, being in the the fitness and science world, like, Hedging is like very much, I mean, you'll see it in the finance world and then people like shorting stocks and all that other stuff. But I think interesting enough, if I were to simplify it and I love the use of the, the word hedging is kind of like uh, and you see this a lot in the fitness community talking about um the kind of, they call it like your, your fitness and health bank account. And so that resiliency, when you're working on your fitness nutrition your mindset, you're actually making positive deposits into that bank account. And with every stress in life, um, every stress in life uh, will make some sort of withdrawal from that bank account. But if you are able to manage your stress, what if you're able to um, manage the stress, improve your resilience, you're going to have a bigger bank account so you can make more withdrawals. Um, But then also bigger bank accounts allows you to, be prepared in the event that you have to overcome or go through a large period of stress and you're able to truly uh, bounce back from that and be able to uh, recover um, from that and respond to stress because the, um, the the truth is that stress is all around us. Um, and interestingly enough, stress isn't a bad thing. the absence of stress actually will result in us becoming sicker. Um, I think uh, I read this book. Um, and, and part of my French everyone, but it was this book called the the subtle art of uh, not giving a fuck. And pretty much it was kind of like the modern day take on recognizing that stress and events are challenging, but they give a little story about Buddha. Um, and the, the story about Buddha and how he came about was the fact that he originally was a Prince. And as a Prince, he had no stresses. He had everything that he wanted, but he was so unhappy. And so he did this little experiment saying, okay, well, if all of this stuff is making me unhappy, let me go ahead and put myself in the most stressful environments. Let me leave my wealth. Let me become a home, homeless. Let me ri- uh, get rid of all of these nice, positive things in my life. And then he ended up not being happy either and it's important and and this actually helped us help me understand the concept of living life up, up along a spectrum where you have the topmost physical shape topmost resiliency topmost highest bank account but then also like a zero bank account or like being the most stressed and it's important for us to be able to travel along that spectrum because human stress physical stress uh lifetime stress if applied with an opportunity to recover from our stresses, we are actually able to be stronger and for the word of the day, more resilient to take on any sort of challenges that our our bodies, our minds, ourselves are put through.
0: I read a book recently called The Comfort Crisis, and it, it talks about that. And the, I guess the lesson that I took from it, and it's it's not that I didn't know this ahead of time. It just really put it well into a, a good story, but it's putting yourself in purposeful times of stress because that's safe. You can control aspects of it and you know, you're not going to die. Like it's, it's okay. So, you know, I put myself through physical stress doing CrossFit. I put myself through physical events like go Rock events and Spartan races, because those challenge me. They are a stress like <laughs> guarantee there's not just physically, but also mentally. When when you're going like 24 hours with weight on your back and you're carrying sandbags and people and whatnot, that's hard. But when you're done, it makes you appreciate all the comforts that you have. We often take all that for granted. So anyway, my little view on that, putting yourself in purposeful states of stress.
1: I, I like that um, a lot. And so um, and to be clear, folks, like to put yourselves in a purposeful, safe stress, what that also is kind of saying is that we, when, whenever we're doing something new or challenging ourselves, we can, ha- when we put ourselves in those positions, we have the opportunity to put it in an isolation, kind of like in a vacuum. Where there's no other factor involved, and I was recently talking to a person, and as uh, for for their pain, it was an online session, and they were they were saying, Ashley, wow, what you're you're giving me a lot of things, and it looks like I have to think about all of this stuff all the time." And uh, an, an example what we are talking about is walking. I said, "I'm going to look at how you're walking and how it's going to impact you, because if we know walking actually is a painful thing." we're going to study how you walk. We're going to talk about some action steps to actually improve your walking ability. And this person started to get a little nervous because they said, well, that's a lot because the truth is that we walk all the time. We have to go from room to room uh, as a form of locomotion. And I said that when we get together during these sessions, When you work together with a coach, whether you're going to a gym to exercise, you're working with a physical therapist, it's an hour long session. And that hour is only 4% of the day. But during that 4%, you can get rid of every other factor, every other variable. So at least you have the opportunity to be able to say, I can do this in isolation. And then when you go out into the world, you have the opportunity to be able to follow the same principles or give yourself a little bit of perspective in regards to how does this apply to everything else in life. And uh, that Comfort Crisis is definitely a book that I want to read. Um, so thanks for adding it to my list. Um, so we had the opportunity to talk about the resilience, why it's so important, um, and just the concepts, like the three pillars of how to improve resiliency for someone who's dealing with pain, which is the majority of the people are listening to right now. And I think you talked about this a little bit earlier in today's episode, but how would someone dealing with pain? What are some of the safest ways for them to build their resilience?
0: I'm sure you've talked about this ad nauseum and all of your other guests, but motion is lotion. It's, you have to move, staying still, the concept of rest can be specific, but it's not meant to be a global thing. You are not meant to be stationary. If you, if you're in pain and you're just laying down, that's not going to get you out of pain. So there has to be some movement involved in getting out of the situation that you're currently in the phrase I like to use as well. So motion is lotion. That's pretty common, but the one I like using is always something, never nothing. There's literally always something that you can do unless you're in a coma, there's something that you can do. And so you might have a hurting elbow. Great. How's your other one? Probably fine. Then use it. That's something that you can use. So instead of focusing on all the things that you can't do, and I hear that all the time, like to this day, people, if people are hurt, you know, they may have just slipped. They were grocery shopping and they were, they slipped in the parking lot. They're hurt. They say, I need to put my gym membership on hold. Well, why is your whole body in a cast? No. Well, I, I hurt my leg. Okay. Well, you still have abs and a back and arms and like we can do so much with you. You're only focused on what you can't do and not what you can do. And so it's just a little perspective shift. You got to switch it over. And if you're not good at that, that's the point of having a coach so that you don't have to think about what you can't do or can do. We're going to tell you exactly what you are going to do. That's our job. I love doing that because it's like troubleshooting. I love I love problem solving. Oh, you can't do this, this, and this. Okay, all right, well, will figure this out. And then boom, we come up with a great program, workout, whatever it is, routine for them to do during that session so that they leave not just physically feeling better, but mentally feeling better. And so there's this... It's the, uh, the motivation loop. Oftentimes people think they need to be inspired, then motivated to do the action, to get the results. And then they're inspired to keep going through it. Where in actual fact that loop starts at the action. You have to do something. Once you do it, you get, and you feel the results, then you're inspired and motivated to continue doing that action. So that loop starts at action, not at inspiration and motivation, which is what a lot of people are waiting for. It's not just going to fall into your lap. Reading a a motivational quote isn't going to do shit for you. You have to actually get up and do something and decide. So, um, yeah, we can also, so another side of this question is we can also shine a spotlight on those other aspects, those other other pillars of resiliency, like nutrition and mindset and also recovery. So you don't always have to put all your marbles in the physical fitness bucket. If you focus in on your nutrition while you're in a recovery state, you're going to heal better and more efficiently than if you're eating and filling your body with garbage It's how you build a house. If you build a house with quality materials, it's going to be a strong house. If you build it out of garbage and straw, nothing's going to stand. And so the same goes for this. If you're hurting, your body is trying to repair itself. It needs materials to do that. You need to provide it with the quality materials, high quality uh, protein, high quality carbs, some healthy fats. Water, you need to stay hydrated. That's part of the whole system. And so if you neglect that part, you're actually reducing your body's ability to repair itself.
1: So that sounded like a rant. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> that was great. No, it's I um I, I put myself on mute because I wanted to for sure make sure I wanted to make sure that the listeners understood that and you know, let's go back on the concept of focusing on what you can do. I think it's really easy for us. And I even noticed this myself um, where I look at the things that I haven't done or things I can't do or haven't done and haven't accomplished. And that itself puts me kind of in the the dumps a little bit. And, um, and, and I have this discussion with my wife all the time. I'm like, oh, I don't feel like I'm doing enough. I feel like I need to do more. And then she'll actually put me in my place um in, in the most loving way. But she'll say, Hey, this is what you're doing. You're helping people, you're creating this this movement for people to to be helpful and look back on all the things that you've done so far. And that in itself is 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 a huge thing. And um From a psychology terms, we call that the concept of practicing gratitude, being able to see like, what can you do? And Kevin and I are part of the same uh, business mentoring group called Two Brain. And that learned that concept there, being able to say that at the end of each week, what are the things that you're the most proud of? What are the highlights? What are the things that are going well? And what that is going to do is going to allow us to really focus on the things that we've done, um, but is being able to see like what types of actions we've taken and that action drives inspiration. And I think that's uh, a real key, uh, a really beneficial aspect. And when we're talking about the physical pillar, you're back. And your leg and your sciatica pain for sure is irritating you. But the good news, and as Kevin said, that you have the rest of your body, you have your core, you have the rest of your shoulders, you have your arms, you also have your other leg. And so there's so many other things that we can move. And that motion is lotion because if the majority of us live relatively sedentary lives and the only opportunity for us to get some form of activity in is if we get off our couches, get off of our office chair and go for a walk or do something and we have so many there we have four limbs and we have a core and we have the opportunity to to work them and remember when you move around you get the blood flowing and as your blood flows you actually have the opportunity to heal injured tissues and when you're moving it's going to release some of that stiffness which might actually help you feel a lot better and so a little bit, it's something, I think, what did you say again? Always, something, Always never,
0: something, never nothing.
1: I love that. I love that. It's huge. Um, which then translates on over and even to addressing the other pillars of resiliency. So it's mindset, how you're looking at this situation. So instead of saying, oh my gosh, I'm going through all this pain, we can even reframe it again, focusing on what you can do. So then that way you can say, all right, well, let me do more of that, which is very, very similar to, as I said, when you're dealing with pain find those activities that actually relieve your pain or bring your pain down or have no effect, do more of those. And then those activities that actually increase your pain, we can do less. So we modify it. So it isn't as painful. Um, And so that's just a part, but yeah, go go ahead.
0: Just a little note on that. It's the words that we use. So I'm, I'm extremely fascinated in the stories that we tell ourselves in our heads. And if they're in our heads, they're moving around. We are a part of that story. We can't, we can't mo- remove ourselves from it. So how many of your listeners, and you to give me a ballpark, would identify with this phrase, I am injured.
1: Oh, every person, every, the- every person.
0: So you're oh, saying yeah. almost every person would say, would have that story in their head. I am injured.
1: Yes. Yeah. It-
0: so I want all, this is an activity. So push pause right now, or after I say what to do, you're going to grab a pen and a piece of paper, and you're going to write this down. Okay. Okay. This is what you're going to write down. You're going to write down. I am injured. You're going to put the pen down and you're going to say it, say it. I am injured. How does that make you feel when you say that? Identify it, label it. It makes me feel frustrated, angry, angry. confused, it, you know, there's no wrong answers. How does it make you feel? Where do you feel it? It might be at the site of injury. It might be in your throat. It might be a, a hot feeling in your head. Give it a rating. How does that feel like on a scale of one to 10, ah, that, you know, it's like a burning sensation, you know, a eight out of 10, whatever it is, pick up your pen again. You're going to write this phrase down. I am experiencing injury. Put your pen down. Say that sentence. Say it slowly. Does it change how you feel about that sentence? My guess is yes. It's different. It's slightly different. We've just added one word. We changed it a little bit. And now we're going to do one more thing. Pick up your pen again. I am currently experiencing injury. Put your pen down, take a deep breath and say that sentence. Is it different than the first sentence that you read? 100% it is. It has to be. I am currently experiencing injury. The difference is that when you say I am injured, you own it. Like it's, it's part of you versus I am currently experiencing injury. Well, that's just a symptom like, and it's temporary because it's not going to last forever because it's just right now because there are things that you can do to get you out of that current state. And this is what I'm so fascinated with is this, those shitty ass stories that are stuck in our heads. And until you write it down and you start changing the words around a little bit, that when you change your mindset, You're going to start making decisions and doing things differently than you've ever done before.
1: I love that. I love that progression because it allows people to be not the victim of their own story, but they get to be the hero. They get to be the author of their own story. And the truth is, is that fact that people like me, people like Kevin, us professionals, we are not the heroes of your story you are the heroes of your story and we are your guides. Every hero needs a guide. Luke Skywalker needed Obi-Wan Kenobi to be able to, (laughs) right. That he had the power to be able to whatever. Oh, I mean, it's a very, it's a very, it's an amazing series, right. But to overthrow the dark side, but a large part of it is important to understand that you have control over how you feel and you can do these things to take care of you. And, People like us professionals and and, and the entire uh, health and wellness community and the medical community is there to guide you. We're there to answer any questions or challenges that you face, but ultimately it is up to you to be able to take action and take care of yourself, whether it be working with a physical therapist if we're going to give you exercises, it's ultimately up to you to do those exercises. If you're going to see a doctor and they prescribe a medication, you, it's up to you to take that medication. The Same thing when you're working with someone like Kevin, if he's going to build up and get you stronger, you have to put the work to be able to do so. And when you transition from being the hero, being the author of your story, you have a lot more control because especially, I, would, I could imagine that over 90% of you listeners out there, when you're experiencing pain, Again, as you're experiencing pain, you are not the pain. You are not this. And being able to change that narrative allows you to take control. And if we're looking at stories and movies, if you're experiencing pain right now, you are either at the beginning of the movie where you're looking for that guy or you're towards the end of the movie where you are encountering that big issue. And all you need to do is have that resolution. And that resolution can happen with your guy um, or it can be on your own, but understanding that you are the hero is going to be massive. And I think that, I mean, that for me, and I just occurred to me, I think that that's, that's what builds up my resilience. And so um, that's a great, that's a great tool. That's a great tool to build up resilience to take action. Um, Let's do. uh, Let's talk about two more action steps for people to to take into account when it comes to building their resiliency.
0: Sure. So there's a story I read years ago. I'm I do not know who to give credit to, but it's called the Rider and the Elephant. And the story goes, or the the question starts with, "How do you control an elephant?" And the answer is, you don't. So if you're if you're a rider on an elephant nothing you do is going to make the elephant go where you want it to go and so what what can the rider do to keep the elephant in line and so what this boils down to is your conscious and your subconscious your elephant is your subconscious mind your rider is your conscious mind what you can what you can control is the environment around the elephant and that means you create fences walls barriers to keep your subconscious in line That means you have a choice of who you hang around with. You are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. You have that choice in who you spend the most time with. You also have control over your eating environment. And so what is around you? There's John Berardi from uh, Precision Nutrition. He has It's John Berardi's uh, law of nutrition. And it's that if there is food in your house, you or somebody you love is going to eat it. And it's either going to be good food or bad food, right? And that's it. So it's controlling your environment. And that also plays into your, you know, the fitness component. Are you more likely to exercise when you have to sign up for a class and attend it, or you set an appointment with a personal trainer and they're going to meet you there at this time, at this day, are you going to do that more often or... Are you going to skip it if you're just working out on your own and you have no accountability? So these are kind of like the environmental things that you have control over that will help you be more accountable and more successful in the long run.
1: I love that. So the environment, the things that are outside, how you receive information or how like pretty much creating those uh, opportunities for you to receive um, the, the world around you being able to have control as much as possible. Um, it's huge. Um, I actually, when I'm working with my clients, not only doing exercises and stretches or various different techniques, but then also saying, what can we do to make it so that your environment actually fosters these behaviors? Because it's very, very easy for us to leave these sessions feeling great. And I noticed this a lot when I was an early therapist where you would leave the physical therapy session feeling fantastic, but then you don't change any of those environments, which allows you to either stretch exercise or move in the right way. And you come back to the appointment the next week and say, Ashley, I feel terrible. And then we end up having to ask, well, what, what was happening? Was it the environment? Was it the things that were outside of the world or was it uh, outside in the world? Or was it something that we did within the session itself? And the challenge is that unless we address the environment itself, there's way too many factors that are at play and it can be very, very challenging. So again, we address things in isolation during that hour that you're working with a coach or there during that hour that you are specifically focusing on yourself, do that in isolation. And then from there, apply it to the environment in which you can create as, uh, generate as much control in the environment as you can. So we got self-talk environment, um, what, one, one more for the listeners.
0: There are only four ways to change anything in your life period. That's it. You can either start doing something that you've never done before. You can stop doing something that you're currently doing. You can do more of something or do less of something. And that is it. Those are the only four ways to have any change in anything in your life. And so knowing that, We can look at those three pillars and identify one thing that you can either start, stop, do more of, or do less of. So in fitness, what is one thing that you could start doing or maybe do more of? It might be, I'm gonna start working out at a CrossFit gym. I've never done it before. I'm scared to death, but I'm gonna sign up and do it anyway. There's one thing. Or it might be, I'm gonna do more walking. Right now, I only walk about, you know, 10 minutes, three times a week. I'm going to bump it up and do 20 minutes, four times a week doing more of, right? And that's just for one example for fitness, nutrition. You could start eating more vegetables or you could stop drinking alcohol, pick anything, literally anything. What's going to move your needle that we talked at the very start from where you where you ranked yourself up one mindset. I could start journaling, I could do more meditation, or I could spend less time on social media. It literally doesn't matter. Pick one thing for each category to either start, stop, do more of, or do less of, and you will see a change. I guarantee it.
1: Making changes. I love that. Those four things. And so for you listeners, You probably go on these podcasts to say okay i need a solution to be able to fix my pain fix my sciatica and with every single episode or every piece of content a large part is being able to see how are these actions actually affecting you which is why it's so important to be able to look within and be able to say how is this affecting you and i love how kevin broke this down What do you need to start doing? What do you need to stop doing? So it could be that you need to start getting up every hour and walk away from your desk. You might need to stop drinking alcohol at night or stop drinking beer. Um, You might need to do more deep breathing exercises. The, the, The list is endless. And the reality is the fact that you don't necessarily have to figure all this out on your own. There's professionals like Kevin, myself, that are there to actually help you boil down all these different things, because you are, you, we are all human beings in this world, and what that truly means is we have a lot of stresses, we have a lot of responsibilities. You have your jobs, you have your family to take care of. People like me and Kevin, Kevin on the fitness side, and myself on the the sciatica side. This is our job, our jobs. Are dedicated to actually helping you address these specific facets into your life. And you don't have to go through this. And again, where you're where your Obi-Wan coming, where your guide throughout your entire journey to be able to help yourself. And when it comes to resiliency, you don't have to wait till you're completely fixed or until com- you're completely free to actually build your resiliency. Resiliency is actually acts upon a spectrum. And again, the resiliency is our ability to deal and handle the stresses that we go through on a daily basis. And so what we should do and what I encourage you to do and Kevin's going to encourage uh, has encouraged you on this episode is to be able to say what are these action steps that will actually make us a little bit more resilient? little bit more resilient than yesterday not necessarily what is going to make you the most resilient tomorrow because it's those little action steps which allows us to make those big changes and so kevin this was awesome i learned a lot about resilience today and it's really exciting to hear that there's so many definitions of that and it's more than just toughing it out and i'll tell you what kev i am the least tough person i, I do a lot of tough things but the entire time when I'm doing these tough things to build up my resiliency, I recognize how hard it is and how much of a struggle it is. And for and but I definitely see the value in us being able to add those uh, positive deposits in our health and resiliency bank account. So in the event that something does happen, if we do have to make a major withdrawal, we'll still have much left in the account itself. Absolutely. Yeah. All right, Kev. So people are probably listening. They're like, okay, I think I'm ready to start taking on this resilience. Um, How can people get in touch with you and and hear more? And I know that you have a podcast as well. So tell people about that.
0: Yeah. So I've been running, it's almost a year now of the Resilient Humans podcast. Uh, We were ranked uh, number one in Canada, actually, for uh, self-help at one point. So that was awesome to see. Um, basically on the podcast, we chat with, uh, individuals who have either shown resiliency in their own lives, or we interview others like yourself that help other people become more resilient and then intermixed amongst that. We'll also give tips, tricks along the way to kind of help people with those pillars that we've talked about the fitness, nutrition, mindset aspects. And I'm really digging the mindset stuff now because I think, you no, know, I know It all starts with the stories in our head. We need to get out of our own ways in order to take the action. There's something stopping you from doing something different. I love figuring out what that is and breaking that wall down. And so I use what's called the enlifted method. It's a very simple four-step approach. We did one of the language games where we said, I am injured. And we kind of translated that sentence that's part of that, that program. So, um, if you have a shit talking asshole in your head, that's stopping you from doing the things that you want to do, get in touch with me and I will help tear that guy down.
1: Boom. Well, how do people get in touch with you again?
0: Uh, I'll share. And if you share my, sh- uh, the show notes, I'll throw in my Instagram. You can follow me on Facebook as well. Um, or email me Kevin at cross at Moncton.com. Happy to chat with anyone.
1: Love it as said by Kevin, his contact information will be in the show notes. Kevin, thank you so much for being on today's episode. I really
0: appreciate it. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope you got some help from today's podcast. And for more info, check us out at ifixyoursciatica.com. Have a fantastic and pain-free day no patient-therapist relationship is formed by listening to this podcast. We are not providing medical advice, and all information should be confirmed by a medical provider.
0: Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time.